Welcome to another episode of PA Pod. My name is James Newman, a PT turned PA student, and I wanted to do a little bit of a special episode today. It was my idea when I started this to only do interview podcasts, but as I've been rolling through the blocks, I felt it might be appropriate to talk a little bit about some of the study resources I've been using. And of course, this isn't an all-inclusive list, and I'm sure people use tons of other uh, resources, but I just wanted to be pretty clear about the sources I've used, and if they appeal to you, then definitely give them a try. And if you have any questions about them, you can always tap the link in the Instagram bio and DM us, or you can check out the website underneath the podcast logo, and it'll give you the email to the podcast. But yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about crades before I actually got into this episode and give you a little bit of a metaphor that was given to me when I was actually in physical therapy school. And I'm sure most of you know this, but if you don't, physical therapy is a three-year graduate program that I went through before coming back to this two-year graduate program. Uh, and I'm planning on doing an episode about changing careers and why that was right for me later on. But when I was in PT school, I heard a really vilifying statement. Because in PT school, in PA school, in med school, you find a lot of these type A personalities that, you know, we're not used to doing quote-unquote poorly. And, you know, poorly to some people is, you know, below passing, and poorly to other people is below a 90, and then even some is below a 95, and that's fine. I think whatever motivates you is incredibly important. But for those of us who got to grad school and realized the amount of effort we had to put in was substantially more, and we weren't used to the rigor, I just want to encourage you with this, because it's normal. We're supposed to struggle. If this was easy, then everybody would do it. So I want to present you with the juggling act of crystal versus rubber balls. So I watched the president of the Physical Therapy Association give this speech where she said, you have to imagine you're juggling all the things in your life right now. And for some of us, it's trying to work a part-time job in PA school. For uh, others, it might be trying to maintain or start your family. I have plenty of classmates that are with kids or <laughs> expecting kids. One classmate is actually expecting twins soon. It's it's crazy from my point of view. But from their point of view, it's crazy for me to still work as a PRN physical therapist. So in life, you're juggling. And you have to come to a decision on which of these balls are going to be crystal and which ones are going to be rubber. For me, I decided that my family that my religion, that my friends, and that my platforms I create that create my social environment and my family that's not blood were going to be crystal to me. It meant more for me to hold them in higher standing than it did for me to make A's. And again, I'm not knocking anybody who makes A's or that's their goal and that's what they've got going on. Kudos to you. More power to you. But in the grand scheme of things... I believe it makes you a more rounded practitioner and a more rounded human being if you assert some priority to those 
pieces that are going to make you more humanistic. So calling my siblings, making time for my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, uh, making time for those connections I made in my first round through grad school or those friends I had in high school and college and just taking a couple hours and calling them meant more to me. If those, if those crystal balls I was juggling fell, they would break and I would have to slowly put the pieces together. Whereas grades, you know, we have to do it, we have to pass. But those are always rubber. You know, if you, if you do poorly on a test, you do poorly in a class, you know, you, you don't meet your own standards. That's rubber. You put the work in, you flip the switch, you get it up, and that ball's going to bounce right back up and get right back into the mix. So, I wanted to present that metaphor for anybody who might be struggling with just a new new outlook on school, the difficulty, or potentially some imposter syndrome. Just know that you belong. Um, so some of the resources I've been using, and that includes my wife, who just matched into family medicine residency, and my close friends who are you know, going into PM&R and internal medicine, and then an internal medicine attending I met my first round through grad school. They have been incredible. But I don't really like to use them all the time because I need to do a lot of work on my own. And so the first one I was told about by them was a source called Online MedEd. It's uh, onlinemeded.com. It is free if you sign up for it. So you just give them your email, pop some info, and you get these videos that are divided into clinical and basic science lectures and I believe uh, residency lectures as well. So it's been a really good resource as I've gone through my dermatology block, my heme, onc, and infectious disease block. As I've watched these videos, and the guy's name on there is Dr. Williams, Dustin Williams. You'll never forget it because Dustin's spelled with a Y. Um, he goes through and he breaks it down for you. He goes, you know, he goes through a group of diseases that match, such as um, anemia, and he tells you the flow chart of how to differentiate the normal macro and microacidic anemias. And then he has another video for the macroacidic anemias, then one for the microacidic anemias, so on and so forth. There's some good pictures. He hits the pathology. He hits the patient presentation. He hits the treatment. Uh, and he, he talks about first, second, and third line treatments, as well as a couple things like an antibiotic ladder that have helped me along the way as I've been trying to sort all this out. So definitely give that a, a look if you love it. Uh, he does have an online med ed paid, uh, like professional, I believe, or pro account you can pay for, and I'm sure it's fantastic. I have not paid for it, but I have been using his videos pretty much religiously. The second source that I you know, recently started using, and it surprises me that it was recent because I took microbiology, the prerequisite, uh, the summer before graduate school started because it's the one thing I needed, and she always assigned osmosis videos because during the pandemic it was online. So I was watching all these videos, and then um, I just forgot about them. And here we are, as I was in my infectious disease block and I was trying to put some pieces together, a classmate said, hey, you know, have you, have you checked out osmosis? And I was like, oh my goodness. No, I haven't. <laughs> so I actually signed up for the week-long free trial of that and used that uh, as, as the block week came up, and that helped me do pretty well this last block. 
So that one again, you get a seven day free trial. And if you don't want to pay for it, they are on YouTube a lot of times. If you were just type in a disease followed by osmosis, you might get some good tidbits. And uh, they put a lot of like picmonic figures together at the end of their lectures that are super helpful if you struggle with drugs and side effects and class effects and, and so on. So definitely give them a peek if you feel like that may help. And uh, even if it doesn't help you, it's good to experience the different ways that you can study. Uh, moving on, this one's pretty big. I feel like this one's pretty well known. My my wife has access to all the sketchy videos, so they're over my head a little bit sometimes, but as I watch them, they start to come together. So those include sketchy microbiology, sketchy pathology or pathophysiology, and then sketchy pharmacology, which sketchy farm is probably the one I use the most. Uh, I've used sketchy pathophys a decent amount, but I get a lot of that covered with my other resources. And Sketchy Micro, I've slowly jumped on the train with because it's a nice review and it gets my head straight sometimes when I, I get wrapped up in certain antibiotics. And um, just their their memorization tools are, are top-notch. They just keep recurring and they keep coming back and it, it keeps it in line. It's definitely helped me to some extent on these tests as I remember this, this random helmet with, with a red mohawk that treats Neisseria. Uh, but anyways, moving on, uh, the next one has been pretty big recently. Um, he, um, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but he runs the Physician Assistant Review podcast. I just emailed him yesterday because I really want to host him on the show and talk to him about his podcast and about the materials he put together because he does, he's been doing this, I think his last show I was listening to for eight years. And so he does, you know, pants study tips, pan re-study tips. So he's the resource we're going to use a lot in the future. But he breaks it down, the highlights of the pants or the pan re. He goes to the blueprint, talks about the different diseases, how to treat them, how to keep them in line. He starts with priming questions that kind of get you going. Uh, he's He's been good, especially towards the last week and a half of each block. And uh, yeah, I'm really hoping he gets on the show here soon, but... The next one, again, I'm sure is a big one, is Smarty Pants. It's the only one I've actually paid for because it was so highly recommended by my upperclassmen and other PAs that I've talked to. And, you know, I'm sure other people utilize it differently. But at the end of each block, I usually take about a 24-hour reprieve and leave it alone for a little bit. But then the next day, I take the Quizlet cards that are on Smarty Pants and I just start flipping through them. I never make it through all of them over the course of that weekend, but I'm always exposed to things that I had no idea about. And then I do some research on those note cards, I look up a couple things, and some of it sticks better than others, but it's, uh, it's a good situation as I walk into a block where I'm not just getting blown away with uh, pathologies or diseases or honestly just terms I've never heard of. And I, I think that's a fair point that a lot of this is, is a first exposure, regardless of who you are. I have a, a heavy MSK and a heavy neuro background with my last school, but when I was walking into this heme block, it was, it was like speaking a different language. Even though I was pre-exposed to the anatomy, you know, going over the drugs and the pathophys, like those, those note cards and getting a prior exposure, like a primary exposure before I was tested on them was, you know, without a doubt... Um, invaluable. 
So Smarty Pants, again, great. They have review questions on there. Usually, I think it's 30 questions per uh, per blueprint, so per block, essentially, that you can use along the way. And they have a bunch of other tools that I haven't even begin or begun to dug it, dig into. I'm struggling here with my words. Um, but I hear they're very helpful for the end of rotation exams as well. So I'll keep you up to date on that as we go along. The last one that I, I'm sure... I have to imagine most people use, but it's just YouTube. Like I was, I was on there earlier. We're starting our H E E N T block, and I'm I'm just looking for something to do because it's Sunday right now, and I really, this sounds strange, but I wanted something just background noise, somebody talking to me. I didn't want to have to read or be incredibly actively involved, and I find this two and a half hour lecture from 2020 on H-E-E-N-T Pete's. And I thought, wow, this is great. You know, if you pick up 20% of that lecture, I'd call that a win. So I could sit there and enjoy my, my coffee or, you know, enjoy the couch with my dog and veg out as I'm just getting taught to. But those tools are incredible, and I think they all need to be utilized. And I would love for anybody listening to reach out to me with the tools you use or people you use that you look up to because I'd love to have them on the show and give them exposure. Um, I think I want to kind of piggyback off of those to talk a little bit about studying. And this is never a one-size-fits-all, and I'm sure your programs do a good job of talking to you about it. But again... I want to talk a little bit about my prior experience in grad school and three years in grad school where it was very challenging. And this is equally as challenging the second time through. So I would encourage anybody who hits a roadblock, one, I guess one I should go back a little bit, pay attention in class. It's so tempting to zone out. It's so tempting to Amazon shop on your, your iPad or your computer or your phone. You know, they're not, they're not really watching you like a hawk. There's no um, weed out courses anymore. I mean, you're the only one holding yourself accountable. So that's tough when you really think about it. So I'm not saying that you can be diligent enough to sit there for two hours and catch everything that's said, but find a way to stay as engaged as possible. Know your limits. If they hit 30 minutes and you had a test earlier that day and they're hitting the lecture and they're going over on time and you know you, you were ready to be out of, out of the building 30 minutes ago, then yeah, I get it. You may not catch all of that. But if you find yourself in a, a true rut, you're going to class and you're, just, you're not retaining anything, you're trying your best, change up how you're taking your notes. If you have to, start writing it down. Or if you already do that, Switch it up and pull the PowerPoint up and highlight some of the important stuff they're talking about. You're going to become a better test taker, and you're going to become a better student as the semesters go on. And you're going to learn how to gauge your professors and how they test you as well. So you have to work with that and evolve with that. You'll end up going back to what your primary means of studying are at the end of the day. But when you're in that rut and you got to change it up, it, it's the same as any other principle we put our bodies through. With exercise, you can't expect to go and do the same exercise at the same weight with the same reps and see it improve. You'll get really good at doing that exercise at that weight, at those reps. And if you're having great success and you're keeping it the same, awesome, power on. 
this is not for you. But if you're like me and so many other classmates I have, you need to change it up a little bit. If that means following the PowerPoint, if that means handwriting notes, if that means typing notes, if that means making Quizlet or Anki cards or whatever it is as you go for a small span of time before you go back to your primary means, do it. Absolutely do it. Um, so I guess on that note, that kind of wraps up everything I wanted to say. I wouldn't call, I wouldn't exactly call this imparting wise words onto anybody. Uh, in fact, I'd imagine most everybody listening to this will already do all of this. But even if, you know, 10 people hear this and use one or two of those resources, that's a win. Because I don't think we need to hide these things from each other. We're all going into the same field. We're all working to help people for the most generic definition of it all. It doesn't matter if you're a 4.0 student who made all 100s because this profession only moves as fast as its slowest member. So we need everybody to succeed. We want everybody at the highest level they can practice at so that we can really make a difference in what we do. On that note, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. I hope you liked this episode. Um, I would appreciate any feedback you have. Uh, and I guess that's it. So thanks for listening.